Greetings, Earthlings. We're back here on Earth. It sounds like a breath of fresh air almost, that spaceship going by. Although they don't make sound, I had to do something there. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty quiet and boring. <laughs> they must have those uh, Mosca engines in there. <laughs> but uh, tonight we're going to discuss the uh, the moon and uh, the uh, significance of its uh, interest by uh, our officials. And before we get into that, I just want to say um, we are now available on Apple Podcasts and Audible. We got those two platforms added. And that's in addition to, of course, Podbean, where we're live every Tuesday at 6.30. And then usually on the other platforms, we're, we're, we're up uploaded by 8 p.m. on Tuesday. So do come back and check us out again. And uh, we're also on, um, what else are we on? We're on um, Spotify. Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio, is, is, uh, we get a lot of activity from there, actually. Mm-hmm. So we want to thank all of you for for joining us for wherever you are, and uh, even if you're on the moon, we 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 don't care where you are, but you can listen to us. We're anytime. coming to you live from Bob Bria's brain. That's right. And today the brain is covering. Well, actually, you know, as we start to age a little bit, we lose a little hair up here, and some people say, "Oh, it kind of looks like the moon." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, some people have these round heads where they they look like a noggin. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Oh well, you know, uh, then there's always the enlarged head. Yeah, the over oversized <laughs> the head. oversized skull, Full which we're all a lot more knowledge in, uh, than us, right? Hopefully, everyone's on the lookout for those. If you happen to see any enlarged heads, yeah, please let me know. Um, are we ready to uh, divulge our uh, information on? Uh, I think what do you, what you got for us today? What's uh, what are we doing here? Well, we're going to talk about the unusual things that the moon uh, signifies and represents. I like uh, that mysterious moon. Thing. You know, it's so amazing how some nights when I, when you go outside, how bright it is. I mean, it, the other oh, night yeah. we had a full, full, very full moon, I, and and I, and I, I was talking to my son, and he mentioned that it was one of the brightest moons that uh, we've had in quite a long time. And I, I, I say to myself, no wonder uh, old, old cultures that didn't have any uh, uh, light bulbs to, to illuminate their, uh, their travels. They, they travel by the, the, the light of the moon hmm. and whether it be by sea or by land, uh, treacherous uh, journeys were, uh, Oh yeah, allowed to happen because of the brightness that the moon gave. It's incredibly to, bright. To I travels. think it's like forty times as bright as the brightest star out there. And the other interesting thing that goes with that is during the day. You know how sometimes during the day you see the moon. Mm-hmm. It's it, the stars are there too, but you don't see them. 
Mm-hmm. They're they're whited out by the by the brightness of the sky, but the moon is so bright well, that you still is, see it's it. It's a lot shorter than the, the stars are. So, but uh, the 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 other things about the moon, which uh, uh, on top of the the light uh, brightness of it, is the the distance that it is from the Earth, and uh, the placement uh, I call it of the the way that it's situated. It's not one mile or two miles too far or one mile too short of the distance between the uh, the ability for it to give a, an eclipse uh, yeah it's exactly it's 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 a different distance depending on where it is in its rotation around the earth mm-hmm. because it's not an exact circle because when it loops around the earth the earth is also on the move Mm -hmm. And that force actually pulls it along with it. It's kind of the same context that the, uh, the, the, when, when we went to the moon, we would, we would use the moon to like flip around the other side, you know, because of the gravitational pull. A lot of people don't realize that the way the earth rotates is not, uh, it's not like a, uh, has a tilt. It has a tilt as it rotates. So it's, that's what gives you the seasons and the, uh, Mm The, the difference in the way the moon and uh, yeah, creates not, the tide, mm-hmm. we I have been uh, informed from uh, reading that without the moon and the tide effect on the earth, it, it would not allow life to prosper. You uh, know, I, uh, some people say their mood is is affected by the moon. And mm-hmm. it, when you think about the gravity, the gravity, like, you think about gravity, we know it exists, but the ocean moving and the tidal changes based on the moon cycles is a known fact, scientifically proven. So does it have some effect on the pressure in your brain or the, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't know. That's interesting. It could be. Well, you've heard the could expression, be. people get moody. <laughs> that that mood word is a derivative of the word moon. So, because there's a moon cycle that 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 in uh, in certain cultures the moon is a representative of a uh, a god that they mm-hmm. call it and they they some some cultures worship the moon and just the way the uh, certain cultures worship the sun. Mm. It's it's exactly uh, the 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 sun is f- I believe it. 400 times the distance of, of the moon, or is it 40? I can't remember. I feel like the president right now. I can't, uh, <laughs> can't remember my numbers. <laughs> Does that, it makes me sound presidential, you know, but um, it, it's uh, because of the, the, the distance the sun is and the size, the, the, the difference between um, the size of the sun and the size of the moon and the distance of the sun and the distance of the moon are equal. And for that reason, they look the same size from Earth, even though the sun's a lot farther away. Yeah, it's almost like it was designed to be that way. And, uh, and that's uh, unusual. I, I'm going to pull it up here. My fuzzy math. Yeah, that's, you know, uh, I think that's kind of what's going to be one of the points today, right? Do <laughs> you ever wonder why the Earth rotates, but yet the moon keeps its surface to the same face all as it rotates to it, us? Oh, no, that one, it is 400 times, by the way. So the, the sun is 400 times, the, the, the moon is about between 225 to 250,000 miles 
-hmm. from the earth, depending mm -hmm. on what part of the act, you know, the loop it's going in. It's an oblong shape mm -hmm. that it loops around, which is interesting. That's called the, the procession of the equinox. Hmm. So, so then the, the sun is 400 times the distance of that. And so that's, I guess that's a hundred million miles away. And so you're the size, man, huh? yeah, well, if I got it right, the size of the sun is exactly 400 times the size of the moon. So that's what I'm saying. Why is it so equal like that? That's, yeah, it's it's <laughs> so unusual that so they look exactly the same size. It, yeah. It's it's exact math. And like in what you were just saying about the how it doesn't rotate. It doesn't show us the dark side. Yeah, the only one side remains facing the Earth. So we're going to let you listen. Which to I that. didn't know. I didn't know that till you brought that to my attention like a year ago, and that just dumbfounded me. I was like, "Huh?" Yeah. Like it actually because the, it is rot. It only is doing. It's only doing one rotation per per rotation around the Earth. So mm -hmm. it's almost like it's keeping that dark side from our view as mm -hmm. it goes all mm -hmm. the way around. Yeah, Isn't it's, like, it's like staying hidden. Very unusual. We're going to let you listen to a little uh, audio we have. Yeah, you know what? I, um, Mike Collins was the astronaut on the Apollo 11 that uh, was the pilot. So his job, as the, you know, he didn't get to land on the moon, but he had to keep flying around the dark side and loop back around again. Mm -hmm. And he didn't come out and say exactly what he saw, but it, he... I felt like he wanted to say a little more, and it's kind of cool. So let's check it out. Not since Adam has any human known such solitude as Mike Collins is experiencing during the 47 minutes of each lunar revolution when he's behind the moon. You were orbiting on the far side of the moon in absolute pitch black, complete darkness. Yeah, the food was terrible, but uh, <laughs> I enjoyed my time behind the moon. Uh, it's a more rugged place. And, and not a very comfortable place. Not very comfortable. When you circled back to the uh, bright side of the moon, what was Earth like? Uh, being very close to the moon uh, was very impressive in many ways, but uh, the moon is nothing compared to our home planet. It was it, it was center stage. It was any little thing, uh, blue of the ocean, uh, white of the clouds, little streaks of that we call continents. Uh, it's about the size of your thumbnail if you hold it out in front. One of those streaks of tan was Australia. So, you know, it sounded like, it to me it sounded like he was, he almost wanted to say more. Yeah, That's he, he sounds like he was holding back, <laughs> which... Uh, it was uncomfortable on the yeah. dark, and he was definitely happy to see the earth. So, as much as we could speculate one way or the other, which with this topic that we cover so often, there's always a lot of speculation. And there, you know, I there's think restrictions on these these astronauts of what they can say and not say. Well, That's why certain astronauts have been a little more open to, to speculate and to even suggest that uh, we are not alone. And uh, and some whistleblowers later in life come clean. I think, you know, sometimes. Yeah, we see they, that. I mean, they, they risk, you know, a reprisal from their, uh, their superiors. Yeah, but how about the, from your maker? <laughs> you, you know, it's like, why hold it back if I'm at the end of my life anyway? You know, what can they do to me? But mm. They'll do something to your family, I guess. <laughs> hey, I'm half Italian. What can I say? All right. I have 
if you're wondering about whether Mike wanted to say a little more, let's go to this guy called Buzz Aldrin. Oh, Buzzy? Yeah, okay. The man that did that first step. They try to say he was a little uh, off his kilter. <laughs> yes, well, of course, they had to explain this. I saw this illumination that was moving with respect to the stars. We were smart enough to not say, uh, Houston, there's a light out there that's following us. So technically, it becomes an unidentified flying object. Okay, I got to stop that for a second. Now, what did he just say? <laughs> he just said the word UFO. He said, there, all right, can I, can I just run that back for a second? This is Buzz Aldrin again. Let's just catch the second half what he said there. There it is following us. A light so following us. To the stars. We were smart enough to not say, uh, Houston, there's a light out there that's following us. So technically, it becomes an unidentified flying object. While uh, Neil and Buzz were on the lunar surface, Neil switched to the, the medical channel and spoke directly with the chief medical officer, saying, they're here, they're parked on the side of the crater, they're watching us. I spotted a lot of stuff that seemed to not belong on the moon. And it has very distinct features of a satellite dish. It's got the dish itself, the crater shape, it's got a long spike that appears to come out of the middle, all sorts of stuff that looks exactly like a satellite dish on Earth looks. There's an interesting picture on the moon that does appear to show something that could be a bridge, maybe a pipe, could be an inching worm. I have no doubt that extraterrestrials could very well have populated or made structures on the far side of the moon. The reaction of numerous space defense officials was fear and astonishment. And it would make sense that governments and military agencies might well be quaking in their boots, wondering who's built these structures, where are they from, what do they want. There is one object that reminds people of a cooling tower from a nuclear power plant. Any species that could travel through the stars enough to put a base on the moon wouldn't have to blink before they could take care of us. The other thing that is inside this lunar module looks like a woman, and this is the alien that they recovered from the ship. There was a study done by the Brookings Institute in the early 1960s, so before NASA went to the moon, there was sort of this idea that if we were to have any kind of interaction with alien life form or intelligence, that maybe we shouldn't tell the public because the public might not be able to handle it. That's right. As the 45th anniversary of the Apollo 11 mission to the moon dawns, there are many mysteries about man's first lunar landing that remain unsolved. What did the astronauts actually encounter there? And what made NASA stop going back to the moon after Apollo 17? Is there evidence of an alien presence on the moon? And perhaps all around us? These startling photographs recently discovered in NASA's official archive were taken by the Apollo astronauts themselves. The gigantic, artificial-looking structures they document, which have never been shown on television before, seem to defy simple scientific explanation. Could this be a nuclear power plant of some kind? A massive satellite dish trained on Earth? 
even an alien fortress? We took the pictures to some of the brightest people of our world. All right. All right. <laughs> this is quite astounding. Uh, when, I hope everyone when, agrees. When, when, you, when you see the evidence or hear the evidence that uh, the uh, speculation is that uh, the moon is quite uh, busy with the objects that are. Uh, okay. But let, first of all, Buzz Aldrin basically saying. We saw a UFO when we went to them, when we got there. One of the stars differentiated itself. It was moving, unlike the other stars. And I guess you're going to, it's classified as a UFO, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, <clears throat> it's also said that he, um, that he turned over to the, <clears throat> excuse me, the medical channel and spoke to him on that channel. Now that's the recording we need. <laughs> But uh, all right, so that's the first thing. To me, that's I, I didn't realize it till we were going to do that. Well, I had heard it before. Well, in the past year or so. Well, there was a little story uh, that circulated years uh, years ago uh, that the uh, a group of uh, people with uh, ham radios had uh, picked up that uh, <clears throat> that discussion that was taking place between. Uh, the Apollo program uh, mission and uh, Houston control. And, and this uh, was picked up by ham radios uh, thinking, uh, wow, what was this information coming out? You know, it's uh, sounds like it wasn't for the public's knowledge to hear it. And yet they picked it up. Uh, I guess. Uh, oh, the and there's also the, um, the recordings of the music. Well, what they called the weird music in one of the early Apollos where they had gone around the dark side and we're hearing and, and actually it's the uh, nasa uh, they released a bit of that audio where you can hear this it's pretty cool stuff hmm. well, i don't know if it was uh, a rock nobody star, knows a rock what it was concert going on there but it wasn't a, it didn't sound like megadeth yeah it's probably pink floyd doing i this. wouldn't call it a normal song structure That's what okay? pink floyd probably did their <laughs> album they, they recorded it on the dark side of the moon yeah oh that's right uh so so then they also talked about how we haven't gone back mm -hmm. since Apollo 17. And that is a little surprising too. Like you would think, oh, okay, we're going to Mars. We're, we're sending this, uh, you know, this uh, observation thing. We're going to the space station. We're going to stop off at the moon again. Yeah, That's it. We know everything about that. I mean, we're, we're saying we don't know about the moon. Yeah. There's too much about it. There's, there's a plenty to learn about the moon. And, uh, we, we've had statements uh, in, in books that I've, uh, you know, uh, acquired that mentioned that uh, there was, uh, what was it, a dropping of a uh, big a chief, capsule? Big Chief Thunder in, in the Podbean room. He knows what's up. He's, he's on. You're just ahead of us, Big Chief. That's right. The, uh, <clears throat> the Native Americans speak of a time when the moon wasn't there, he said. And, uh, mm -hmm. and it's also in some of the ancient... Mm -hmm. ancient uh, ancient markings. records yeah mm -hmm. and that and that's quite extraordinary because it does uh answer uh it does raise questions as to uh archaeological findings which show that uh the earth was subjected to some cataclysms while there was occupy occupied uh humans on it and they and these humans hid in caves and 
below ground and high in, in mountains and uh, trying to escape something that was uh, uh, either too much, uh, too much solar heat or it was too mm. much water or something was affecting the population. Well, how enough. about these structures on the moon, too? Yeah. Like, I mean, that was the other thing. I, I, I don't get I, like that thing where they show the, the alien woman or whatever. That just looks fake to me. Yeah. I mean, come but, on. but the, um, but I, I don't know about, I mean, when you hear Buzz Aldrin say stuff like that, and I've seen a couple of pictures that do look like structures. Mm. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you could say it's an alien base. That's going too far. That's, that's like what they do on some of the TV shows, but <laughs> yeah, that, that's why, that's why the subject is, is difficult to comprehend in the, uh, and fish out the truth, the fish out the truth, all what's of the, the, what's distraction. the propaganda distraction, distractions yeah. that lead you to, de to deny that we are alone. I mean, there's enough evidence in in my mind that that shows that you can't come to any other conclusion, but that there's a very slick cover up uh, controlling uh, this information uh, on a wide scale, uh, either to protect the population from uh, going bananas with this reality that. Uh, these uh, creatures that are involved uh, on these uh, craft that have been discovered at the Roswell uh, mm -hmm. operation uh, <clears throat> did indeed change uh, everything the United States government uh, was going to do following uh, the war. Um, the uh, like I mentioned before in the uh, the progress of uh, certain presidents uh, like Johnson who wanted to find out a little bit more about uh, the, the moon and uh, initiated the NASA program, which uh, finally got approved by Congress. And the Apollo program uh, began as a, a strong uh, a result of uh, Johnson's uh, continually pushing for this uh, National Aeronautics and Space Administration to be uh, put together. And the funding became... Uh, part of a, uh, a project that uh, involved uh, bringing um, the scientists from uh, World War II to the uh, Apollo program. The, 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 the very rocket that we had to use for the Apollo program was designed initially by uh, Warner Von Braun, the uh, mm -hmm. man who developed the V2 rocket for the, uh, the Nazi regime. And he was brought over to America uh, after the war as a consultant to the uh, program that was put together. And uh, the, the, this uh, program to, uh, to, to study the moon and to get out into outer space was part of Johnson's uh, knowledge of the Russians uh, getting the Sputnik out first, and, and he didn't like that at all. And he was very Americanized, uh, patriotic, and he wanted to be more uh, in control of uh, what's going on in outer space than, than the Russians would because they were uh, considered our adversaries at the time. And uh, doesn't doesn't surprise me that we we in, uh, it's yet another case where we imported scientists from Germany after the war. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, the, there was heavy investment. Mm -hmm. That was the I think the the height of the war machine for for the haves over the have nots. 
so to speak. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go too far into that. But in, 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 in retrospect, the 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 uh, the, uh, the 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 person Juan von Braun and and his uh, knowledge of uh, rocketry and he was he was an amazing man, and uh, I've read lots of articles about him. And uh, I mean, he he was part of the uh, the the you know the German uh, Nazi re- regime, but. Not necessarily a uh, a gung ho uh, murderer, and uh, he was just doing he, science. He, he, he was, was in the scientific development okay. age, you know, and he, and his knowledge, you know, was important. And why waste it? And that's why the, uh, a an operation called Operation Paperclip, I think it was called, which brought over some of the best uh, scientists from the uh, the German uh, regime. And uh, they became the uh, the foundation of our uh, rocket program. Okay, so one of the rocket programs, Apollo twelve, mm-hmm. when they got rid of the the lunar module, mm-hmm. they it, they purposely crashed it on the moon, mm-hmm. right? That's right. You were the one to inform me about that. So in, in 1969, the Apollo twelve astronauts sent the lunar module crashing into the moon. Uh, you know, on their on their return, uh, leaving it as a, a remnant of uh, our uh, exploration. <laughs> oh, this was after it, it was after they landed. Excuse me, they were on their return to the command craft, mm-hmm. and um, the lunar module struck with a force of one ton of TNT, and uh, the shockwaves built up to a peak after eight minutes. So yeah, that was a huge explosion. Can you imagine? And and it went on for over an hour. Yeah, they they say that it it it, it resonated like a a large bell, and uh, it's sort of like uh, in the old days when the church bell would ring. It, it, the after effect of the the banging of the gong would uh, resonate out. Uh-huh. And this this occurred, uh, they say, at the moon too, and uh, that's I, quite unusual <laughs> that it would give a a hollow ping. To it a, was totally unexpected, and they they had put a seism uh, what do you call it? seis seismometer? Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? <laughs> seismometer. Uh, yeah, for you scientists out there, help me out a little bit. Seismometer. <laughs> seismometer. 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 Uh, yeah, it, it resonates uh, a, a a sound that that indicated that the moon may be hollow or have a. Uh, yeah, that was one of the big. I think that was one of the the biggest you know potential explanations for it. I mean, it registered as an earthquake. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was over a five on the Richter scale or something like that. Um, another odd thing about the moon is the surface itself. Um, the the uh, the whole surface is covered with uh, meteorites and strikes by uh, debris that has uh, flown. Mm-hmm. And because the atmosphere of the moon is not like the atmosphere of the Earth, where the penetration of any rocks that, that do enter our atmosphere usually uh, are burned out by the, uh, the time it reaches uh, the, lowest, the lower parts of uh, the atmosphere, but on the moon, you have no uh, no atmospheric uh, changes. So any anything that that hits the moon is not affected by any cloud uh, uh, screening or or blockage where it would be uh, 
affected and, and, and burned out by the time it reaches the surface. And, and the impact would cause, depending on the size of the meteors that would strike, would cause different depths of impact, whether they be, you know, half a mile Based deep. Based on the or, size and the density and the speed. Yeah, and, and all, all those variants uh, uh, would create a different amount of hole depths. On, so it, it, it would be kind of visible from a, a point of view of a, a telescope or a pair of good binoculars. But when you do, do uh, get a good look at the moon close up, all the all the uh, the craters all seem to be at the same depth. They don't seem to be the the, the depths of w w where they should be based on the size of the impacts. It almost looks like things uh, bounced into it and were flattened. Right. Yeah, like you hit a brick wall. Yeah, yeah. or like it's a steel ball or something, and everything right. just plank and just yeah. makes a little divot in it without. Where's the the rest of the concaveness of the right exactly the side of the round thing or the whatever shape it was smashed in it? You would think it would. Well, one of the largest make, it wouldn't make something five feet deep and eighty feet wide, for example. One of the most <laughs> it, famous it be the same depth all the way across. One of the most famous craters on the moon is called the, the Sea of Tranquility. Mm -hmm. Everybody's heard that that title, and that crater is visible. With the naked eye, you can almost see it on a good bright night of the moon. And uh, the depth of that crater should be much, much, much deeper than it is compared could, to the but, size that it is from the eye of the earth. From your visible so, looking at so, it from 250,000 miles away, and it looks like the size of uh, 50 miles. Okay, know? one of the things... Like you said earlier, Lane, we always are, you're always making the point. You have it's not easy this topic to discern between truth and mm -hmm. and deflection mm -hmm. and just pure fiction, mm -hmm. right? Well, on the deflection side, which is purposely done by people that don't want anybody to know what's really going on, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. we'll call that maybe the government side and the private company side or somewhere over there. Yeah, well, um, there, there must be a, a real good reason. So, but they say the explanation for the this. for the echo on the moon is, oh, we don't know much about the core of the moon. It's unlike the Earth. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not a scientist, but saying it's unlike the Earth means we don't know much about it. Hmm. You know, yeah. we Why don't know much about it. Why haven't they brought a drill there? How they they brought it? They they drilled down only a few feet, I think. Yeah. Funny, they couldn't penetrate. Uh, that, how could that we cobalt? not be going back there with the with the new scanning uh, technology that we have now that we covered last episode? Well, lidar, yeah, <laughs> right, right. It's right. a ground penetrating radar. Could be applied to the moon too, and it would tell us a lot of information. Maybe they uh, maybe they've used this technology already and haven't told us of the findings that this uh, lidar has been. Uh, providing the uh, the government with because this 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 technology of lidar has now been applied to archaeology in the Yucatan Peninsula and have found jungle inhabitants areas that that mm -hmm. show that the area right. was populated all this way stuff. look at look at the the, the other before. show that you like to watch um 
where they're looking for the treasures, those sunken treasures oh, the, and everything. Uh, the treasure of Oak Island. Yeah. Yeah, they've used that All the new technology they're using mm-hmm. there. And that, and that technology is very important to our, our uh, civilization today because it, it's allowing us to dive deeper into mysteries that we could never answer. And uh, the, the subject of the moons being an artificial uh, structure has been brought up in, in, many, uh, in uh, many ways by uh, people who feel that there is evidence that this, this thing we, we look at uh, every night and influences our okay, daily and, and lives could actually be artificially been brought here. And although we can't prove that, Look in ancient what, look. records, there are discussions uh, that I've read. Uh, I can't focus exactly, but I, I will you bring it to your attention in maybe a future episode where I have read that there was evidence that the moon was brought there. There was times when the earth uh, didn't have the moon in the sky, which is kind of incredible because how could the moon not be there and, and have occupants that were living on the earth to witness that and that change that occurred when the moon was brought into into look into the position that it's now in is almost like by design and uh that's quite uh, i think i mean that's the thing look at all these things we brought up so far today all these different issues scientists cannot explain so how could it be that we we're not going back there since 1972 yeah, there's too much unanswered questions, and then again, all of all of this gets thrown into it's, the 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 so-called conspiracy uh, scenario. Well, why wouldn't let's 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 shoot from the hip here? Why wouldn't we go back? What do you think? What let's let's, let's well, just why wouldn't we a, go back? We know everything we every need to idea know. We can think of. We need to. We know everything about the moon that we need to know. No, that's <laughs> not true. I, that's that's right. That's my point. Like it, it it's. We didn't go there just once. There was a series. Uh, I think Apollo 11 was the first time we stepped foot on it. So, you know, there's a few crews that walked around on it and took rocks and all that kind of stuff. I think there's one guy that drilled. But, um, and then this, the seismograph, that's the seismometer. That's amazing. That, mm-hmm. So, so all of a sudden we know everything. So on one hand, they're telling us, oh, you, it's, you know, that's crazy to think that it was put there or that yeah, it's hollow the, or that it's... Don't lose any sleep over it. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy to think that. But also, uh, how do you explain it then? Oh, because we don't know anything about the moon. How do you, we explain, don't, we just don't how know. you explain statements that I've heard from astronauts saying that when they were there, they were being observed? I think and, we just, and on the far <laughs> side of the yeah. crater wall there was indications that these objects were, were just watching the whole landing process of, of the Apollo program. I mean, this is sensational. So almost uh, unbelievable, like a movie script that, oh, aliens were up there watching us uh, us land. But could you imagine? You got a cute Pink Floyd right here. Cue if, the Pink Floyd. <laughs> if you think that's uh, amazing, then, then read the SOM document that followed the Eisenhower briefing document. And that will even be more complex to swallow because of the continued fear of our population realizing that 
we're being visited and put under an observation by a race from we don't know where. And maybe we, we, maybe we still don't know where they're Well, from. you know, there's no unified theory on magnetics, and gravity is not really fully understood. Yeah, these, these creatures and this intelligence could actually have accomplished time travel. I mean, we, we think in advance civilization of a, of a few hundred years could accomplish amazing things. Could you imagine a society thousands of years more advanced, maybe even millions of years more advanced than, than humans? I mean, the accomplishments are endless. Well, endless. after I reached about 25, I felt like I wasn't a caveman anymore. <laughs> Well, I, I, I'm, I'm totally amazed that the more I, I learn about this subject and the, uh, the naive uh, approach that uh, I used to have towards uh, thinking about life being populated. Uh, my son just sent me a, uh, a text this morning that scientists have announced that the universe could be fully occupied by humans and that there's life out there in in the millions and it's and it's just a constant it's just a uh, a form of time before the interaction between these these civilizations uh, communicate with each other well let's see how many other uh, solar systems do we have out there with one pla one planet that rotates around it and another uh, two different planets that make it absolutely possible for us to number one orbit number two have a tilt to our axis which affects the seasons it affects the weather and then have this the the sun whose whose light well Rob these were called the Goldilocks makes everything grow it keeps the temperatures the same if if somebody came and thumped the moon out of place we're done mm -hmm. we would it, it, mm -hmm. we wouldn't last a full year of mm -hmm. weather patterns Whoop. <laughs> the you Goldilocks uh, theory which is applied to astronomy and the 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 relationship between what it would be needed for the amino acids to develop on a certain planet. And, and create uh, life to develop. These are called uh, Goldilocks scenarios. And uh, Carl Sagan used to talk about these things. And uh, billions upon billions of atoms colliding in a colossal cosmic structure called the moon. You know, uh, <laughs> while I'm on Carl Sagan for a second, let me just digest uh, uh, a couple of things that I had uh, found out about uh, Mr. Sagan. Uh, all throughout his uh, career, he would be uh, used as spokes a spokesperson uh, on television. He would be uh, utilized uh, for his fame and knowledge of uh, uh, his his uh, field. And he used to say uh, all the time. Um, I think one of his phrases, uh, if I paragraph it correctly, it's uh, enormous uh, evidence needs enormous. Uh, back uh, backdrop or something uh, to that, uh, and he used to downplay the uh, the von Daniken theory and the mm -hmm. whole um, concept of uh, of Earth being a uh, a pit stop. Uh, meanwhile, uh, later uh, I bought a book that was written on him called the Sagan Conspiracy, and it, most of it was a little redundant because it repeated his. Um, his, his thesis that he did at Stanford hmm. in California uh, when he was young. And uh, it was based on, of all things, 
the Sumerian texts of uh, the ancients and uh, the, his, his thesis uh, actually uh, coincided with uh, von Daniken's theory, which was ironic hmm. because uh, Sagan uh, publicly uh, sort of uh, didn't want to really go into that. And he would uh, he would sort of uh, sidetrack that, so uh, he didn't have to uh, answer any any questions. And uh, it's 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 interesting. I mean, I have a, a book of him, a book of his that was written with another um, famous um, astronomer who uh, discovered Pluto, and uh, that book is uh, is in is on my shelf, and it's uh, co-written by uh, Carl Sagan and. Uh, Hmm. And this other writer, uh, I, I don't have it in front of me at the exact same so, uh, spot, but uh, it uh, it's quite interesting that how Carl Sagan was used uh, as a spokesperson to uh, keep people away from talking about the probabilities. I kind of gathered that too. I kind of noticed that. Yeah, yeah that the distances in space were so great that the it's impossible hmm. to, to cross that space. Meanwhile, uh, avoiding the the topic of uh, time travel and wormholes and and all kinds of other speculative uh, aspects of uh, technology. Well, you know what strikes me about this positioning of the Earth, the Sun, and the Moon, and the fact is the fact that uh, that you know where we get the twenty four hours in a day from, where we get the three hundred sixty five days of the year has to exactly to do with the speed that the earth is rotating uh, around the sun. Um, and so, and, and, and how did ancient, ancient societies yes. know this, this amount of time? I yeah. mean, if you, if you look at the pyramid, I think it's in Tiwanika, mm -hmm. it has a step uh, of 365 days, uh, 365 steps which uh, correlates with the amount of days in the year. I mean, that's pretty easy to say, oh, that's uh, simple. You just count it every day. And I always mispronounce that word. What? Which word? It was a, uh, I forget how to say the name of that. Tiwanika. Uh, the, the temple. Oh, itself. Chichen Itza. <laughs> nah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, these are temples I, I have a hard time uh, pronouncing and spelling also. So but, know, It kind of uh, makes me hungry when <laughs> Chichen yeah, I'd like me, two of those, I, please. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the the amount of steps that were uh, you know found to be in these uh, uh, yeah. temples, I mean, how how did they achieve this knowledge that there was three hundred sixty five days to be appointed to the calendar year? I mean, wh what did they do? Go to the library and, and and just read this, or was this a handed down uh, uh, an information that was handed down to them over the gen over generations and millennia? Because the the uh, the probability of just uh, guessing this and being right, without not without the the background knowledge of, of modern technology to, to achieve that. I mean, we have satellites today. We could we could figure things out and calculate right. things where we never could do this a thousand years ago. So where did that where did that knowledge uh, arrive from? That's what that's what the von Daniken theory is based on the improbability of societies in the past to have this knowledge without with some outside knowledge not interfering it's very interesting about 
And if we do an ancient <laughs> astronauts uh, uh, episode uh, part three, maybe we'll have to go here. But it's it's interesting about those connections, about the math involved. Um, but uh, you know, it just goes to show you. It just goes to show you that that, that the past is a lot more fascinating than uh, we've been led to think, uh, and by uh, uh, you know. Uh, we were taught in schools what we knew at the time, but a lot well, of information has been reevaluated, like, and that information hasn't been applied to textbooks. So what a lot of students are reading today is old data. But let me just summarize here, cause, and I know I'm talking a lot today because I, I got all worked up about this movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm going to send you to the moon, Alice. I'm going to send you right there. I want to go. I do want to go. Yeah, you'll be to, crying after two weeks. Yeah. I want to. I want to jam with the aliens. I want. I want to. I'm going to bring my guitar and uh, yeah. try to the novelty find, wear off. Pretty if they quickly. actually have twelve notes, or if there's more, I'm going to try more to pick up on there. that. You know, but um, the you know if like what if let's do a what if scenario. What if I mean it's a it's a, not even a what if it's a plausible theory in the absence of science and scientists telling us why this happened or why that happened when it comes to the moon, that it was placed there. How, how could, if it wasn't placed there, how did it get there in, in a perfect rotation where it doesn't show us but only one half of it and goes completely around the earth each time rotating one time as it goes around so we only see that one half exactly. That's just crazy stuff. I, the chan it if it came out of the Earth, it would be of the same density. But they say that it must have a different density. It makes a sound. It echoes. There's something mm -hmm. different about it. It's not the same as the Earth. The gravitational pull is different. Mm -hmm. There's it just seems a lot different than the Earth. It's a fourth our size. It's still pretty big. Ask yourself why didn't the astronauts when they passed across the dark side of the moon? Why didn't they, they flip on a, a spotlight and illuminate the surface and videotape that, that surface for all to see? Was it, was it classified? Was, was there a, a revelation uh, that was achieved by rotating, going around once and seeing something? It was so amazing that they had to go rotate around it a second time and say, wait a second, did we just see that? Yeah, I'm going to look for this. How many were rotations did they make around the moon? Well, I think Mike Collins was only there once, but I'm not sure. Uh, it's, it was done a few times. Hmm. But um, when they were hearing that space music, uh, the, there's some real interesting, let's see if I can get a little bit of it here. Reportedly were heard in May 1969 by the Apollo 10 astronauts as they circled the moon, month before the first astronauts stepped foot on the lunar surface on July the 21st that same year. The three astronauts on board were Thomas Stafford, John Yon, and Eugene Cernan. The sounds, which lasted about an hour, were recorded and transmitted to Mission Control in Houston. I didn't need to see the sound on his face, he didn't. According to the Discovery show, the trail felt the sounds were so strange that they debated whether or not to tell the chiefs and NASA. 
for fear they wouldn't be taken seriously and could be dropped from future space missions. NASA says the sounds could not have been alien music. An engineer from the U.S. Space Agency said the noises likely came from interference caused by radios that were close to each other in the lunar module and command module. Astronaut L. Warden, who flew on Apollo 15, disputed that explanation, saying, quote, Logic tells me that if there is something recorded on there, then there is something there. <laughs> Obvi obviously, NASA is not going to uh, reveal anything that would be uh, contrary to the, the uh, Look, I have party no, I have line that they've, they've continued to carry. No. You know, they, they stick to their uh, to their line of avoiding this subject. So uh, you, you notice that that these statements never support the fact that there's something different about what they encounter or what they see. They always... There's never more than two seconds of it. If they say there's an hour of it, where is it at? Mm hmm. Where is it at? Mm -hmm. I hear uh, two seconds of it, and I have heard the part where they were actually discussing. Do you think we should say something? No, uh, you know they were. Like, <laughs> they they're going to think we're crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, and it went on for more than an hour. So that was just some interference for an hour. The U.S. Space Commission is getting interference they didn't know about. What yeah. kind of interference is that? <laughs> I'd like to know more about that yeah. interference. They better call Verizon and get the. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of unanswered questions here. I guess we hopefully have shown that today. Um, yeah, if you need to know any more, there's, there's <laughs> certain books out on the, uh, the subject of the, the moon's artificialness. And uh, one of them is a book I have by uh, Gene Sendy. J-E-A-N, Sendy, S-E-N-D-Y, had a book out called The Moon, Outpost of the Gods. Uh, startling evidence that the satellite that we call the moon is actually an artificial subject. It's, I think it's a plausible explanation in, in, until we learn more. Um, and we're not, don't seem to be going back or running more experience and experiments, and that's just odd. It's possible that the E.T., arrived in our solar system between 22,000 and 21,000 BC and set up an earth observation post on the moon that the that they soon built in a spaceport for a purpose of reaching and colonizing the earth hmm. were they the sons of the gods mentioned in genesis the ely home who had intercourse with the daughters of men. It's very interesting, the uh, ancient uh, biblical uh, recordings of these uh, angels uh, of, uh, that inter interacted with the uh, daughters of men. And I mean, it's not that unsimilar from, you know, the, the hieroglyphics in the, in the ancient times, you know, with that, 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 can the, some of those depictions can be argued to be such? Yeah, there's, there's. I mean, uh, technically, uh, the interpretation of of material that's out of place with the time is not going to be recognized as for what it is. It's going to be called something else. A microphone 
held in the hands of somebody 2,000 years ago is going to look at it as some kind of thing to uh, to look at and rub on his skin. Not not that it's a <laughs> that's something that you talk into and it amplifies your voice. Me hungry. Oh, hurt yeah. my tooth. I mean, it, it's amazing when we t- we just we we take for granted what technology gives us today. I mean, everything from the ability to to, to make a uh, uh, a tire be expanded without putting a, That's right. a, a pump on it and, and doing it physically. Now you can do it with a machine and you put the machine on the tire and it blows up the tire. No effort to the human. And, and these, these little forms of technology have interacted with our, 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 our uh, civilization in the 20th century and the 21st century. And, these amazing technologies are being used to reevaluate findings in the past that were misunderstood. I mean, heck, they're even looking at people's bank accounts. If you got six hundred dollars, they're using those those same tools. I think to scan people. <laughs> yeah, you have, you had, <laughs> How could we not use those technologies to go back to the moon? Hello. Yeah. If you had ten thousand ruples, you were in trouble. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure that the uh, the programming of this subject is is gathering more interest as time goes on. The, this podcast is uh, re- reawakening people's interest. Uh, I can tell by the amount of interested uh, interesting numbers that are coming across the uh, the screen, which show that the people that are tuning into our podcast are learning something, and that's important to me because and contributing. I, I think that this uh, this is a an important podcast in that I don't want to just uh, talk about the subject. I want to show you evidence that I've acquired over the years, along with the uh, the value the the use of the internet to bring a lot of these different points of view to to a to a central point that that proves that there's a very slick cover up going on. And, and it involves a, a, a very uh, a very small part, maybe a large part, of our uh, intelligence uh, agency. And uh, I've mentioned this in past uh, episodes that the NSA, which stands for two things, it stands for the National Security Act, and it stands for the National Security Agency. Which, is, uh, which are two different things, but the, the letters are the same. But the, the control of, of the, the, two, uh, the, two, the two agencies are different. And uh, one is more uh, controlling than the other. And uh, the fact that the CIA and the NSA were all formed after the Roswell recovery is, is significant. significant. Yeah. It's very significant that the act, the National Security Act, was formed to protect the the public from a, a, a possible new menace that we had no idea of the agenda. All we had was evidence that this craft had occupied, uh, was occupied by creatures. And this is revealed in the Majestic 12 docking doc documents, which are the Eisenhower briefing documents, actually. The, uh, well, Eisenhower warned about the military-industrial complex. 
Yeah, and he sure did. So and did JFK. He alluded to the shadow government yeah. of sorts. I think he may. I don't know if he called it that, but the importance of of, of what this did to the to the uh, United States government really is is quite amazing. And uh, it's it, like I always say, this is not an easy subject to to comprehend. Be, uh, why it became top secret and why it continues to be top secret, although it's been less uh, controlling uh, to the recently because of these uh, Navy pilots uh, videos that have been uh, circulating. And, uh, and we don't know how what the real numbers are. Yeah. When you hear statements so. that the, there was an APAC program uh, formed and uh, a certain amount of money was put towards this UFO program, that's a lot of... Uh, uh, it's not it's not untrue and it's not totally true but it's a little bit of uh, misnomer because the, the 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 US authorities have known about this subject uh, from the early 40s you know and the the result of the the crash at Roswell confirmed and uh, really changed everything in the way the government does things so well, you know when you're negotiating with someone you you you, you, you don't let them make argue one side of the coin and then argue the other side of the coin. And to me, that's what's going on with this moon issue. That's exactly what's going on. You're, you're saying, well, we don't know what's in the core of the moon. We don't understand it. We don't understand why it echoed. It must be different than the earth. I, I just can't get over it. And we're not going back there f for that many years, for 50 years. Yeah, it, it would. It, it's kind of strange that uh, we're not going back there as much as we can because we have the technology now to go to Mars. I mean, uh, we're, we're like bypassing uh, the moon, like, oh, that's no big deal. We can go there tomorrow. Yeah, you know? and I, exactly. We, we're saying we don't know much about it, but we know uh, what we need to know about it. We only know half because we've only been on one side of the moon. <laughs> so we only know half of the story. Do we, do we know how do, we, that, but all these things we talked about are unexplained by science. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that to me is the most mysterious thing about the moon is the non-action. And to me, that's going in line with what you're saying about cover up or blocking the truth. Yeah, it seems like in, in uh, military uh, circles that uh, lying is just part of the uh, operational uh, way of doing things. Uh, that lying... <laughs> It's almost like a, a parental, a parental uh, uh, authority. Like you know, when you tell your son not to uh, put his hands in the uh, in the fire, you know, you, you're doing it because you're you're looking out for his interest and you're you're trying to protect him. This is the same kind of concept that you can apply to the government not wanting us to know that there's creatures out there that may not, you know, be revealing what they uh, what they have to do here and why they came here. And is it is it dangerous to reveal that information? It's it's not so simple to just say, "Oh yeah, we we've been visited, and uh, we're, we're we're trying to figure out how to talk to them, and uh, they're very advanced, and uh, it's it's very difficult. So we're going to hold our information from you until we we know what they want to say." Well, what what do the <laughs> what do the scientists say? Where there's water, there's life. And it was recently discovered there's ice on the moon. <laughs> and we're not back there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but meanwhile, the aliens are there. 
All right, my little truth blocking flag is going up, up high. I'm flagging, waving it high on this one. <laughs> Something <laughs> not right here. Something I don't. It's it's made of cheese, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mystery, 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 controversy, and what's the other word I always use? Conspiracy. It gives us a job, though, in the end. Oh. <laughs> Next week we're going to discuss another topic that's quite important and uh i'll let you know what that is in the beginning of next week <laughs> yes or go sign up for our newsletter at ufostopsecret.com please send your questions for mr bria anytime any questions you have on any of these topics fire away where you can email uh um what is it ufos top secret at protonmail.com there goes my memory again. I'm very tired, but yeah. it, it's been a lot of fun. He's been working 24 hours <laughs> delivering all those packages from the East Coast and on the West Coast. And, uh, I couldn't sleep driver, thinking about the moon. Couldn't yeah. sleep. No, stop staring at it every night. <laughs> well, we'll see you next week, guys. Same place, same time. Thank you for coming in. Why are UFOs top secret with experts?